said that. So thanks for your votes. Let's talk smart money now. National Wales Week it is, and we are observing this this week, speaking to Jocelyn Manda, who's a fiduciary specialist from PPS Fiduciary Services, about educating South Africans about the value of having a will and encouraging the public to take care of their personal business to avoid pain and confusion when they pass on. So Jocelyn will outline also what individuals should do to ensure that they leave clear instructions to safeguard their assets and guarantee that they will be distributed in accordance with their wishes in the eventuality of death. Uh, Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining us. A very good morning to you. Good morning, Asanda. So we're talking or commemorating National Wills Week. 13 September, it started. It ends on the 17th of September. We said it's this week. Uh, Talking, I mean, coming from COVID-19, or still in it, and we know how life can be turned upside down now, I think clearer than we did before. This is very important. Let's talk about then where it begins when we make uh, a will. It has to be valid, first of all. So let's talk about what makes a will valid. All right, so... A valid will is really referring to the signatures on that will. So firstly, besides looking at the content of the will, which gives clear direction, as you mentioned, in terms of how your assets would be distributed when you are no longer alive, it's vitally important that a client adheres to the formalities as prescribed in the Wills Act. So we have a piece of legislation referred to the Wills Act that tells you exactly how it must be signed. So the process to signing a will is that a testator or testatrix, which are the people drafting the will, they Uh would need to sign in the presence of two witnesses. So your witnesses must be 14 years old or older and must be competent to give evidence in court. The witnesses must not be mentioned in the will as a beneficiary, uh, guardian, executor, trustee. So no one mentioned in the will should sign as your witness. And the witnesses need to sign clearly at the end of the will um, in the presence of the testator or testatrix. At what age can one uh, start with drafting a will? So in terms of our South African law, any person aged 16 and older is eligible to having a will drawn up. So you could be as young as 16, you're still a minor, and you can actually have a will drafted. Well, are there types when it comes to wills? Is there, I understand there's the basic wills, and then what, what does it mean when we say basic will, and what are the other types? So uh, I, there isn't really a basic will. But people generally refer to it as a basic will if you simply mention things like, I leave my assets to my parents and failing my parents to my siblings. That is an example of a basic will where you don't really name your beneficiaries that will inherit, but rather uh, a class or you're describing your beneficiaries where you say parents or siblings, for example. And if you want to be more specific, that is when you would name certain individuals as beneficiaries, charitable organizations. So you actually have freedom of gestation in South Africa where you could decide how you would like to have your will drawn up as long as it's not uh, illegal, uh, impossible of performance or contrabonus mores. Okay, so also what's important to note is that if you don't have a will in place, the state is going to write one for you. So it's quite important that you make sure you have a will so that you don't have your decisions made for your family by the state. Yes, so if you do not have a will, 
Or sometimes a person may have had a will drafted, but because it was not signed correctly, it can be declared invalid. And that is when the law of intestate succession applies, which means that the law determines how your assets would be distributed, which could result in your assets being distributed to individuals that you had no intention of inheriting. All right. You mentioned in terms of the signatures and, and what constitutes or part of what constitutes what would make a will valid and that the, the witnesses should not be beneficiaries or the executor. But should the beneficiaries themselves know that there is a will? Um, yes. So, so in fact, um, a testator, a person drafting the will, it's up to them as to whether they would like to divulge uh, its whereabouts or, or whatever to the beneficiaries. But the beneficiaries should be aware of the existence of a will. And they should also know where it is kept. For instance, is it stored in a safe custody facility with an institution? Or where is that original found? Because when a person dies, that original will has to be lodged with the master of the high court. The master of the high court is not going to accept a copy or an electronic version of a will because those are not valid documents. It's the original will that needs to be submitted. So, yes, a beneficiary should at least know of its whereabouts, not necessarily the contents of the will. I ask in terms of protection, you know, uh, protection against things like families, infighting, um, conflict as a result of there being a will, even things like, uh, you know, killings. And, and case in point, I mean, I might sound a bit extreme, but here we are with this reality of uh, that former police officer, Rosemary Ntlovu, who has allegedly, who allegedly uh, recruited a hitman to kill her family to, so that she could get a payout in terms of insurance money. I know that's insurance, uh, but insurance and life covers could also be part of a will. So when the beneficiary knows that there's a will, and knows where the will is, is that safe? So it's always good to have a will kept in a safe custody facility with the company or the attorney that you drafted the will with. That way you're making sure that it's safeguarded and no one can conceal or destroy that original will if it is found in your own possession. So, right. so if that answers that question, yes. Yeah, okay. So let's talk then in terms of uh, what will happen when you want to keep changing your will. Is there a cap in terms of how many times you can keep going back to your will to add or remove things? So a person can amend the will as many times as you would like during your lifetime. But what is important is that if you draft a subsequent will, you need to have a revocation clause where you cancel the previous will and then you declare the current one to be your last will and testament. And as and when your circumstances change, or as and when the asset uh, components that you have within your estate changes, um, sometimes legislation could change, which would prompt you then to want to amend the will. So a will is a document that I would always recommend to clients to review at least once a year. It does not mean that it necessarily has to be amended, mm -hmm. but at least read through it to make sure that it is still current and it still keeps in line with your intention. And the importance of dates on the will. Yes, so the, uh, that is an important aspect. Whilst it is not legislated uh, in the Wills Act that a will has to be dated, 
But we found that in practice and uh, according to case law that, uh, or court, uh, cases that have come before our South African courts, it's vitally important to date your will because then you will always know which is the last dated will because the last dated will is usually the one that is given preference to and the one that is carried out. We've got a, a question here from uh, one of our family members, Gogo uh, Mantake in Katlehong, wants to know uh, uh, about the free will. Please explain the free will. Yesterday I went to a certain bank. They charged me 500 rand for drafting a will. So typically every industry would charge a drafting fee based on their own unique um, rules and uh, regulations that they have in place. But during World Week, which is, during the 13th to the 17th of September nationally. Um, the Law Society has declared it to be World's, World's Week, so uh, you could go to any institution and have your will drafted for free. Um, some institutions don't adhere to that because they fall outside of the LSSA, and therefore they do charge a drafting fee. Okay. Is it observed during this time every year, National Will's Week? National World's Week uh, is the, uh, celebrated annually, and it's just to make sure that people have the opportunity to be given the chance to draft a will without having to pay a drafting fee. That is usually or, or the general consensus, consensus, and also to make clients aware of the importance of having one drawn up. Let's talk about divorce then. You've got a will in place, and then you go through a divorce. Uh, what about the scenario and how it will relate to the will? So that is a life-changing circumstance in the sense that um, if you have a will that you have drafted prior to divorce and you've nominated your husband or your wife as a beneficiary, so the law only gives you a three-month window period within which um, to address the will. So, so if I could explain it in this way, mm. if a person dies within three months of being divorced, then even though in your will you have mentioned your former spouse as a beneficiary, the law directs or takes it as if that former spouse had predeceased you and they are no longer going to inherit, notwithstanding the fact that they are mentioned in the will as a beneficiary. Mm. However, on expiry of that three-month period, if you still have not amended the will and you've nominated your former spouse as a beneficiary, they will inherit. So I always advise clients that, you know, when there's a life-changing circumstances, even if you are in the process of being divorced, now's the time to have your will looked at and reviewed and amended. Don't wait for after divorce to take effect for you to then amend the will. Okay. That makes sense. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Are you uh, available on um, what's the social media for uh, more questions that our listeners might have and also uh, the Fiduciary Services uh, PPS uh, uh, website? Yes, that's correct. So our email address is fiduciary at pps.co.za. Fiduciary at pps.co.za. Yes, that's right. Okay. Let's leave it there for now. Thank you so much for this information. Very necessary. Uh, we appreciate your time, Jocelyn. Happy Wednesday. Thank you, Asanga. Jocelyn Manda, fiduciary specialist uh, from PPS uh, Fiduciary Services. Okay. Let's